Today, I want to talk to you from this thought. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. If you're new with us today, you, you, you don't know this about me, but all of our regular attenders, you know that I am a germaphobe. And I just very germ conscious, and I just don't, I'm just, just, I watch out for germs. I shake your hand. I love you. I'm going to shake your hand, hug your neck, and then go in my green room and put some sanitizer on. I got sanitizer everywhere. I got it in the, my bathroom, green room, in my office, got it in my car. I got it everywhere, man. I'm just very germ, uh, just, just cautious of germs. And matter of fact, if I see you in the bathroom and you use the restroom, sir, and you leave without washing your hands, you are nasty. N-A-S-T-Y, I ain't got no alibi. You nasty. Now I'm honored to be your pastor and everything like that. I'm honored, but you're nasty. So I'm just, uh, just germ, germ, germaphobe, germaphobe. And when my wife and I had our first baby, Kel, almost 11 years ago, he'll be 11 years old in December, and we brought him home from the hospital, and Tiffany is changing Kel's diaper for the very first time at our home. And Tiffany lays Kel on the floor to change his diaper. How many of you married couples have ever had a jerk moment in your marriage? Quit lying. Amen. I know you have jerk moments, you know. I had one of those moments. Being germaphobe, I look at Tiffany laying our baby on the floor. Who has walked on this floor? I said, Tiffany, why are you putting Kel on the floor to change his diaper? I mean, the boy might get cooties. He might die. He's a baby. You can't change his diaper on the floor. And I hurt my wife deeply, and she started crying. She started saying things to me in her mind. And here I am, I'm just so cautious because I'm thinking, I mean, what is going to happen? Our baby's on the floor. You know, the first baby, you're just, you know, oh, you're trying to hold and you don't want to do anything wrong with the first baby. Don't change his diaper on the floor. And I'm worried. I'm so worried about our baby boy. You know, by the fourth kid, man, you go change the baby in the grass outside. I don't see no poo-poo. It's all right. Lay down, boy. Your allergies won't kill you. You'll be all right. Just sneeze. You'll be okay. Come on. But the first baby, I just was, I was worried. And Tiffany and I, we were talking about that story this week, and she said, it's funny now. <laughs> it wasn't funny then, my brother. And uh, worry, 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 worry. We, we can worry about so many things. We can worry about health. We can worry about our family. We can worry about, I'm still single. I'm single. Have you ever seen a single person that's so worried about being single that they start to look desperate? You know somebody like that? I got to have a man. I got to have a woman. I'm just, I ain't like, tell them, hey, you look desperate. You're desperate. We can, just worry. we can worry about our marriage. We can worry about our kids. We can worry about our job. We can worry about deadlines. We can worry about finances, worry about bills. We can worry about driving in the snow, and there's not even any snow. We can worry about bad news. We can, listen, we worry about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm worried about the Cowboys. Pray for your pastor. Pray for Tony Romo. We're three and one. Don't blow it, boys. I'm worried. Worry, 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 worry. And hear me today, church. Being addicted to worry is a huge, huge problem in the United States of America. 
The Mayo Clinic claims that 80 to 85% of their total caseload is due directly to worry and anxiety. Anxiety disorders are commonplace in the United States, and it affects nearly 42 million people. While over 40 million people affected by worry, and that's people, that is actually adults. Anxiety disorders in the United States, it cost us between 42 to $46 billion a year. According to a survey by Mental Health America, one-third of the population is living with extreme stress. Here's what I know. As I'm talking to people at all of our locations today, they have extreme stress. I'm talking to some people who are struggling with anxiety and worry. You find yourself in a bad place, even mentally. Some research was done about worry and discovered the following statistics. 40% of, of the things we worry about will never happen. 40% of what people worry about will never happen. Oh, Pastor, I'm telling you, a Martian's going to come from outer space and zap me up. People, I mean, people worry all the time about things that will never happen. 30%, this, this research found out that 30% of things we worry about are in the past and can't be changed. Incidentally, we can find ourselves worrying about something that happened last week. We're worried about something that happened last month, last year. We're worried about something that happened last decade. Can't do anything about it, but yet we can worry, worry. 12% are needless worries about our health. I think all of us know someone who is always worried about their health. I mean, you know, they're just, I mean, just always just extreme. They, they get a headache. I got a tumor. I got, it's a tumor. It's a tumor. I got, I, I, you said it was a tumor last week. I'm, but it's a tumor this time. It's a, it's a headache. Take some Advil. You ever seen, you met somebody like that, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm having a heart attack. <gasps> Elizabeth, I'm coming. I'm coming. That's heartburn. You ate chili beans for dinner. That's some beans. That's gas. You're not having a heart attack. And they're always worried about their health. Just always, anything. Just worried, worried, worried. That's 12% of people. To 10% are petty miscellaneous worries. Joyce Meyer says some people are so addicted to worry that when they do not have something to, of their own to worry about, they will worry over someone else's situation. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. They worry all, they just worry, 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 addicted, worry. I'm not worried about me, so I got to worry about somebody else. I'm just addicted. I'm worried about the boss. I'm worried about coworkers. I'm worried about my neighbor. I'm worried about somebody else's kids. I'm just, I'm worried. Always worry. Only 8% of, of our worries are worth concerning ourselves about. And I want us to see what Jesus says about worry. In Matthew 6 and verse 25, he says, therefore I tell you, do not worry. I want that to sink in today in somebody's heart today. Right now, let that just minister to you. You say, Pastor, I'm stressed out. Do not worry. Pastor, I'm, I'm a worry wart. Do not worry. Pastor, I'm anxious. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body? more than clothes. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 27, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? 
I think we all know the answer to Jesus' question, and the answer is no. No, worry accomplishes nothing that's positive in our life. Only thing worry does is affect our lives in a negative way. Come in, we all know this. Some of you, you, you worry and you're anxious and you're stressed out and you just sweat profusely. Some of you, you bite your skin on your fingers and you even make your fingers bleed because you're, you're, uh, you're worried. Some of you, you, you shake and you can't hold something because you're always shaking because of anxiety. Yeah, people have anxiety attacks and, and panic attacks. People hyperventilate because... Because of worry, people start uncontrollably crying because of worry. Some people have a lack of peace. They have inner turmoil. Some make impulsive decisions. Can I tell you, you can watch people, and people make the craziest decisions when they're worried and anxious and stressed out. And people even stop trusting God. You see, the worst part about worry is it takes our focus off God and puts our focus on ourselves and on our problems. And today, here's my hope, because I realize that I'm talking to many people who are trapped in worry, literally addicted to worry, and it's affecting your health, your mental stability, your emotional stability. And I'm praying today as I preach God's Word, that Jesus will set you free from worry. I want to give you four principles to break free from worry. Four principles to break free from worry. If you have your, your Bible, you have a smartphone that has a Bible app, you can follow along with me. We're going to be diving into Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. And the first principle is this. It's the principle of meditation. The principle of meditation. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. You're stressed, you're worried, you're overloaded, and I will give you rest. Jesus says when we are feeling heavy burdened, when we're feeling worried, when we're feeling stressed out, that we should go to him. He says, come to me. It reminds me of the old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And in that song, it says, take it to the Lord in prayer. If we want to conquer worry and break free from worry, we need to learn to take it to the Lord in prayer. Jesus says, come to me. I like what Peter says over in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. He says, give all your worries. Listen to the, the strong language he uses. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. In other words, instead of worrying about your health, take it to the Lord in prayer. Instead of worrying about your child, take it to the Lord in prayer. Instead of worrying about your career, take it to the Lord in prayer. Instead of worrying about the future, take it to the Lord in prayer. Instead of worrying about your boyfriend or your girlfriend, take it to the Lord in prayer. Instead of worrying about your education, take it to the Lord in prayer. If you want to break free from worry, take your burdens, take your concerns to the Lord in prayer. Paul says to the church at Philippi in chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7, he says, don't worry about anything. Notice how strong the language is. Peter says, give all your worries to God. 
Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about everything. I'm dealing with stress on my job. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I'm having an issue with my kid, my grown child, my grandchild. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I'm worried and stressed out about finances. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I got a bad doctor's report. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I was driving and ran out of gas. Take it to the gas station and gas up. I'm just making sure you're standing with me and paying attention today. Amen. Take it to, he says, pray about everything. Notice what he goes on to say. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. He said, Pastor, I mean, what's that going to do? I mean, just pray. I'm worried. I'm stressed out. I'm anxious. Pray. What is that going to do? Well, listen to verse 7. Then, when you take it to the Lord in prayer, then you will experience God's peace. It's a supernatural peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. He says, take it to the Lord in prayer. And what God says, when you bring it to the Lord in prayer, instead of being a worry wart and anxious and stressed out, he says, give it to me. And when you do that, I'll take your, I'll exchange your burden and take it and give you my peace. Prayer is a worry reducer. Prayer is a stress reducer. Prayer literally combats worry. Prayer stops us from focusing on how big our problem is, and it gets us focused on how big our God is. Prayer reminds us that our problem is not in control. It reminds us that our God is in control. I don't care how big your problem may seem, it's not in control. And when you get on your knees and you take it to the Lord in prayer, you realize how vast, how powerful, how big, and how control in control he really is. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Friends, can I tell you what worry will do? Worry will work you over. It's working some of you over. Worry, stress, anxiety, can't sleep good, can't rest. Worry is just... Anxious, mental problems, health, health problems. Worry will work you over. But can I tell you what prayer does? Prayer works worry over. And instead of letting worry work you over, begin to pray. And when you begin to pray, prayer will work worry over. It'll fight it off of you. You'll get God's peace in your life. Your problem may not change, but what's happening on the inside of you will change. And so God says, you want to break free from worry? I don't care what's going on in your life. That situation may not change. But if you'll take it to me in prayer, prayer will reduce the worry in your life. And it'll come the peace of God will be exchanged for your worry. Number two is this, a second principle to break free from worry is the principle of identification. The principle of identification. Notice this in Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus has come to me. We focused there. The principle of meditation. He goes on to say, all who are weary and burdened. Weary and burdened. We become weary. We become heavy burdened. We become addicted to worry when we try to do things 
we were never created to do. When we try to be someone we were never created to be. When we try to carry things we were never designed to carry. The principle of identification. And I wish I was preaching to you today from a a place of perfection when it comes to this subject of worry, but the reality is I struggle and deal with worry and anxiety and stress from time to time, and literally in my 20, 28, 29, ended up in the hospital over an anxiety attack and a panic attack, worry, and I can find myself trying to carry things that I was never created to carry. I can find myself trying to carry my children. I love them so much, and I want them to flourish in God and walk with God and make the wise decisions. Like sometimes I can just worry about their future and who they're going to marry and what college are they going to go to, and I can start worrying about things. And I have to realize, you know what, God's called me to be a good steward. He's called me to, tra- he, he called me to train them up in the fear of the Lord. He's called me to raise them and to invest in them, to love them, but I can't play God. But yet I can start carrying things I was never created to carry. Even at people's church, I can find myself at times trying to carry the church and wanting to pick the load and carry it and carry, carry people's lives. And I, I love what I do and I love you and, and I want to see you flourish and be all God has created you to be. And, and there are times I can find myself with a situation or with a couple, and I'm trying to carry it, and I, I want to see change happen so bad, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help, I'm trying to change, I'm trying to teach, I'm trying to lead, I'm trying to help, you know, and sometimes I can put the whole burden on me like I'm Jesus, <laughs> like I can change a life, like I can change a heart, and God has to remind me, hey, Herbert, I haven't called you to carry all of this yourself. I can start wanting to carry all the locations we have. I can, I can want to carry the staff and want to carry every situation. And, and I can find myself, whenever I'm trying to carry all of it myself, I find myself weary and heavy burdened because I was never created to carry all of that. And oftentimes you find yourself in the same place. You're trying to carry things that God never designed you to carry. Jesus says these words in Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 25. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is, it, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds. Stop worrying and look at the birds. I want all of our locations to say those four, those four words with me. Come on, everybody say, look at the birds. Say it one more time. Look at the birds. This is so key. I want you to catch this. Jesus says, stop worrying about your life and your body and food and clothes. And he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He says it's not by happenstance. It's not by accident that they're eating. He says, don't don't be confused. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus says, I take care of the birds, and you're so much more valuable than the birds, so I'll take care of you. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. Go outside and look at the birds. 
Friends, can I tell you that you will never see a bird flying around carrying a big bag of bird seed. No, no, no. You, you, look, look at the birds. You don't ever see a bird flying in a Walmart or Target or Home Depot or Lowe's. You never see them flying in, picking up bags of bird seed. Can't, you never see that? Look at the birds. The Bible says they don't even sow and reap. You never see a bird sowing seed in the ground waiting for a harvest. You never see a bird doing that. You never see a bird storing away groceries and storing away food for winter in the barn. You never see birds do that. Look at the birds. They don't store away. They don't, they don't sow and reap. They don't carry big bags of bird seed. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Look at the birds. You know what happens to us? We start going through life and we're carrying all kind of bags on our back. We're carrying the bag of family and the bag of the job and the bag of employees and bag of the new business, the, 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 the bag of a, of a car, or the, the bag of, we just, we, just, we just load ourselves up, relationships, and I got I to gotta be superman, I got to be superwoman, I got I to gotta be there for every grandkid, and I got to make sure everything goes perfect, and we just, we just can carry, and Jesus, hey, 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 don't worry, look at the birds, they don't carry heavy, and I take care of them. You know what happens to us? Is we can find ourselves carrying things we were never created to carry. And Jesus says, you're burdened, you're heavy burdened, you're weary? Come to me. Give me your burdens. You were never meant to carry that load by yourself. There's, there's a third principle I want you to see, a third principle, and that's the principle of relaxation. The principle of relaxation. Notice this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, the principle of meditation. All of you who are weary and burdened, the principle of identification, trying to carry things you were never designed to carry. And he says, and I will give you rest, the principle of relaxation. I'll give you Rest, verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. A major key to breaking free from worry is you have to learn how to rest in God and let God rest in you. You see, friends, resting is big to God. This is no small matter to our Heavenly Father. The scripture actually says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 2, it says, by the, by the seventh day, God had finished the work, the work of creating the heavens and the earth and all that's in them. He says, and the seventh day, he had finished all the work he had been doing. So the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Resting is so important to God that even he rested. He, he created the heavens and the earth six days. He rested on the seventh day. He rested. I want to make sure everybody has the proper theology today at all of our locations. Understand something today. God did not rest because he's tired. God was not tired. He's God. He rested to model for us how important this principle truly is. And although God was not tired, he wanted us to know resting is, is vital. 
It's a principle for health. It's a principle not to live a life stressed out and worried out and anxious all the time. you got to learn to rest in God. Psalms chapter 116 and verse 7 says, Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. There are some that you need to say to your soul, Return to your rest, my soul. God has been good to you. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who cares about you. You have to return to rest because some have abandoned rest. They've, they've run away from rest. So return to your rest. Psalms chapter 62 at verse 1 says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Rest in God. I want to just talk to you for a few moments about some resting principles, resting principles, how to rest in God. If you have a pen, paper, I encourage you just to jot down some notes here. The, the first thought is this, rest in God by going to bed and getting some sleep. Come on, look at your neighbor right now. Come on, look at him and say, go to bed. Come on, tell him, go to, go to bed, get some rest. Come on, can't stand up at 3 o'clock in the morning, getting up at 6. Talking about, I don't need much sleep. Ask your relatives if you need some sleep. Ask your coworkers if you need some sleep with your irritable self, with your hateful self, with your cranky self, with your mean self. Talking about, I don't need no, you need some sleep. Always snapping at people. I know this personally. I, I've been doing some traveling the last several weeks and speaking out and getting home late at night. And the next day, I'm tired and have preached Four times on Sunday, preached out on a Monday or Tuesday, got back home, and I'm, I'm wiped out and hadn't slept well. And the next day, I'm kind of like at 7 o'clock, I'm like, get out of my face, kids. Go on somewhere. Amen. Irritable, cranky. Come on, listen, some of you are stressed out and worried and anxious because you got to rest your body. Go to bed. Get some rest. A, a second principle is rest in God by taking off work one day each week. It's called the Sabbath day. Go ahead and tell the truth, Pastor. Amen. I'm trying. Amen. And I want to help. I really want to help you. And this is something I've had to discipline myself with. I'm not perfect at it. But on most weeks, I get it right. And it's made the world of difference in my life. God did not create us to go and go and go and go and go seven days a week. Go, 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 go. He has not created us for that. Work six and take a day off. And if you don't do that, it'll catch up with you and you'll find yourself stressed out and worried and anxious and carrying burdens you were never created to carry. Rest one day a week. A third, a third is this. Rest in God by resting your mind one day a week. In this busy, fast-paced, technological society, we got to learn to rest our mind. Listen, I try to rest my mind one day a week from social media, from, 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 from tweeting and Facebook and, and emailing and even texting. I just try to take a day off just to, just to rest. And you know what happened to me? When, when I started doing this principle about a year ago or so, just trying to rest and disconnect from social media, I was like an addict. Come here, phone. I got it. Anybody tweet me? Anybody? Facebook? Anybody? Text me. What about my email? No, 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 no. That's what you're going to find out. You're laughing at me, but try it. Come here, phone. 
Rest your mind. Take a break. But pastor, people need me everywhere. You're not that important. You're not that important. They'll be all right for 24 hours. They'll be okay. Number four is rest in God by taking a vacation at least once a year. Take a vacation. I literally hear people from time to time say things like this. I don't take no vacation. I've got stuff to do. You're crazy. Take a vacation. Your job gives you a week off. Take your week off. They give you two weeks off. Take your two weeks. They give you three weeks. Take your three weeks. Take your vacation and replenish. I mean, it's all throughout the Bible about rest. Matter of fact, I don't have time to dive into it. But the Bible even talks about how they would give the land in the Old Testament, give the ground time to rest. It's in the Bible. Rest. It's biblical. Number five is rest in God by not stressing out about things that are out of your control. I mean, we should even stress out about things that are in our control. But, man, people stress out and worry about things that are out of their control. Listen, people's church, you do what you can do, and you let God do what you can't do. Come on, quit worrying about and stressing about things. You can't do anything about it anyways. Do what you can do and let God do what you can't do. And, and the sixth principle I want to give you here about, the, about relaxation is this. Rest in God by enjoying life. Come on, some of you need to learn how to have fun. You need to learn to chill out and enjoy the life that God has given you. Some of you are going through life and you look like you've been sucking on pickle juice, sour pickle juice all the time. How you doing today? Blessed. You don't look like it. Rest. Relax. Enjoy life. I've made a commitment. I'm going to enjoy the life that God has given me. Come on, Jesus says, Jesus says, come to me with your burdens, you're weary, you're stressed, you're worried. Come to me. I want to give you rest for your soul. Rest in God and let God rest in you. Number four is this. There's a fourth principle I want us to see today, and that's the principle of dedication. The principle of dedication. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you. Jesus says, focus on me. And learn from me. Be, be dedicated to me. Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Jesus says, come to me with your worry, your stress, your burdens. Because my yoke is easy. Easy. And Jesus is referring to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And in this, in this day and time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were loading up people with yokes, with the law and traditions. And they were loading them up. They weren't even doing it themselves, but they were loading up people. They weren't trying to help them carry out the traditions. They were just loading people up. And Jesus is talking to people and he says, listen, listen, I'm not like the Pharisees. You come to me, I'm not going to burden you down with a bunch of yokes and with a bunch of burdens. He says, listen, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Your family may yoke you up and burden you up with things. And, and your friends may yoke you up and burden you up with things. Your, your job may yoke you up and burden you up with things. But Jesus says, you come to me, my yoke is easy. 
my burden is light. When the Bible talks about a yoke, it's simply talking about this device that they would put on an oxen. And one oxen would get in one side, but they didn't want that oxen to carry the load by themselves. So they would have another oxen and it would get on the other side of the yoke. And then they could easily carry the load that they had to carry. And Jesus says, listen, when you come to me, I'm not going to yoke you up and send you out by yourself. Oh, no, no, no. When, I, when you come to me, I'm going to take your burden and I'm going to get in there myself. And I'm going to yoke myself up with you and I'm going to help you carry this thing. Listen, you come to me, I'm not going to load you up. I'm going to lift it off. I'm not going to load you up. I'm going to lift it off and help you carry the burden. I like what Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things in the context of this scripture is worry. And all these things you're worrying about will be given to you as well. Verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry, seek God. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry, seek God first. Sir, don't worry. Give it to the Lord in prayer. Ma'am, don't worry. Worship your way through this thing. Don't worry. Get in the Holy Scriptures and seek the Lord in His Word. Don't worry. Seek God first. And He'll exchange your burdens and give you His peace. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. You are way more valuable than them. And your Heavenly Father feeds them. And He 